Welcome, everyone, to the First Love Ministries podcast. This is our third message in this series on Advent, and this one centers around the shepherd candle. We've done the prophecy candle, we've done the Bethlehem candle, now the shepherd candle. Last week in the Bethlehem candle, especially focused on Jesus being the king, it was more about who he was, and at the end they're trying to point out that I wonder if we really get what it means for him to be king and the kind of response that we might have when we think about him as king. But the shepherd candle, I think this one primarily focuses on the message of the king, why the king came. So that's what we're going to focus on in this one. I want to begin by, again, referring to one of the prophecies. This one's in Isaiah chapter 9. We've heard it in the Messiah any number of other kinds of contexts, but Isaiah 9.6, Isaiah says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. The government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. That at the heart of the message, that the heart of the reason for Jesus coming was to bring peace. Well, we know that for sure because we call it the shepherd candle because it focuses on the message that was given to the shepherds. In Luke 2.8, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news. So I'm saying why this is about the message. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Good news, great joy. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. But then it says, suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And then it finishes by saying the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Again, even in this moment, a very short prophecy, but they were told what they were going to find. And and they go and they find Mary and the baby in the manger. And they see that the words from the angels were in fact true. But most of all, it's the message of the angel and the great company of the heavenly host saying good news, great joy for all the people on earth, peace. Well, in Acts 10, 36, Peter is talking to a group of Gentile believers, actually. And he says this one line, and we'll pick it up again in a moment. But he says, you know the message God sent. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, announcing the good news of peace 
through Jesus Christ or through Jesus the Messiah, who is Lord of all. It can't get any clearer than that, that Peter understood that the message was one that God sent. And it was a message from initially, from his point of view, to the people of Israel. And the good news, the good news was that God was bringing peace, offering peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. In Acts 2.38, earlier in Acts, the very first time Peter preaches, he says, Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. And when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off for all whom the Lord our God will call. You see, it's a message of peace. It's a message initially that was to Israel. It was a message that came from God. And so he says, let all Israel be assured of this. This message came from God. This message is one that's about peace, that it's good news. And initially it just goes out to Israel. But then remember what the angel said. It's good news that will cause great joy for all the people. And even as I just read to you, he says in his sermon, Peter says, the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off. Now again, in Peter's mind, all the people, all those who are far off, would probably mean for Jews who are both scattered, Jews who are local. But when Mary and Joseph went to bring Jesus to the temple to be circumcised, they ran into this guy, Simeon. And in Luke 2.28, Simeon took Jesus in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. Even then, eight days after Jesus is born, out of the mouth of Simeon, we find out that all the people, all those who were far off, it also included the Gentiles. So now back to this message where Peter is speaking. Remember, he has this vision from the Lord about things that are clean and unclean. And then eventually, these guys show up at his house, invite him to come, and the Holy Spirit tells him to go. Well, once he gets there, he says, You are all well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with or visit a Gentile. But God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without raising any objection. May I ask why you sent for me? Well, then Cornelius tells us an angel came to him and said, you need to go send for this guy, Peter. And so they did it. And now Peter's there. And so they want to know, what do you have to say? So it says, Peter began to speak in verse 34. And he says, I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. 
And then he says the words I already shared with you. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. And if you know the story at all, here he is continuing to tell the full story of all that Jesus said and did, and especially that he offers forgiveness. And in the middle of it, they believe, and then the Holy Spirit falls on them, and they all begin to pray in tongues. And afterwards, Peter goes, well, oh my gosh, they've received the same gift we did, so we might as well baptize them. And then they have to go back to Jerusalem and explain to the other guys what they've done, that they've baptized Gentiles. And then in 1117, he finally says to them, well, if God gave them the same gift he gave us who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to think that I could stand in God's way? And when they heard this, they had no further objections and praised God, saying, So then, even to the Gentiles, God has granted repentance that leads to life. Brothers and sisters, friends, one of the most wonderful things that we celebrate about Christmas was that it wasn't just good news of peace. It wasn't just a message sent from God to Israel alone, but that He, God, was sending good news, a message of peace, of great joy, to all people, to you and to me, non-Jews who are listening today. That Christmas was about including all of us in being saved and experiencing Jesus as Savior and experiencing peace and, and this good news of peace, and this experience of peace, and this life of peace. In fact, later, Paul writes in Ephesians 2, 15, he says that Jesus' purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, meaning Jew and Gentile, thus making peace, and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. He came, Jesus came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him, through Jesus, we both, Jew and Gentile, have access to the Father by the one Spirit. Oh, hallelujah, this is what we celebrate at Christmas, was that Jesus came, God came, and he came to save us all, not just Israel, that he came to be king and lord of all, not just one people group, not just one place of government and politics that was just among one people group, but he came for all of us. He came to bring peace to all of us, bring peace between each other and peace between us and God. You know, the crazy part of it is that God initiated all this. We're the ones who were in hostility. We were the ones who had broken relationship. We were the ones that are his enemies. It should have been us going after him. And instead, he comes after us. But here's the coolest part of all, right? Is that the angel said, it's not just good news of peace to bring peace on earth, but it would cause great joy. You know, in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 8, Peter says this, Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. Oh my gosh, I hope that was true for you. I hope it still is true for you. 
In Acts 16.34, remember the story when, when God comes and, and uh, causes the earthquake and Paul and Barnabas are in jail and the, their chains fall off and the gates open and the jailer is about ready to kill himself because he thinks he's in trouble. And instead, the jailer and his household come to know Jesus. And it says in Acts 16.34, the jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God. You know, one of the greatest things about Christmas is that this message of peace, peace between one another, peace between us and God, is that this experience of being loved, this experience of being forgiven, this experience of experiencing Jesus as Savior and having our sins forgiven and being saved by Him, it doesn't just bring peace, but it also brings this inexpressible and glorious joy. In fact, in Romans 14, 17, Paul says that the kingdom of God, the reign and rule of God, the reign and rule of Jesus, of King Jesus, is righteousness or love, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. Righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit is what His kingdom is characterized by. You remember those are the primary fruit of the Spirit, is love and joy and peace. Well, I'm not sure where you are at in this Christmas season, but I pray, I pray that, pray that the peace of the Lord would settle on you. So many verses about peace, right? That Jesus said that He is the, the Lord of peace and that He Himself would give us peace at all times and in every way because He is with us. Just hear that again. This is 2 Thessalonians 3.16. He says, I am the Lord of peace and I myself will give you peace at all times and in every way. For I, the Lord, am with you. Remember in John chapter 14 in that final meal with the disciples, He says, my peace I give you. Peace I leave with you. There's so much talk about peace. I pray that in the midst of this crazy season, that if you're not experiencing that peace, hear Jesus again say, this is what it's all about. It's about a message to bring you peace, which would result in joy. You know, one of my favorite verses, and I want to leave you with this one, is Romans 15, 13, that God is the source of that joy. And in Romans 15, 13, he says, I am the God of hope, and I will fill you with all joy and all peace as you trust in me until you overflow with hope through the power of my Spirit. Did you hear that? No word from God will ever fail. I am the God of hope, and I will fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in me until you overflow with hope through the power of my Holy Spirit. My kingdom, my kingdom is righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. My message, my purpose for sending Jesus was to give you good news of peace through my Son, Jesus, Messiah and Lord. 
Lord, we ask you in the name of Jesus, would you let peace come? Lord, I pray that you would give us opportunities to speak to our friends and family and remind them again that the whole point of this is that God wanted to bring peace on earth. And it doesn't come through um, hostility and through warfare and whatever else, even with a different president or a different leader. The only way peace is going to come is by the peace that comes to our hearts by God through Jesus. And that peace goes out to one another. We have to have peace with the Lord first before we're going to know peace with one another. And peace is awesome, but it also causes unbelievable joy. Oh, brothers and sisters, I pray that we would just find him answering or, or fulfilling that promise that I will fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in me. May you find it to be so. God bless you.